0: How's it going, guys? I'm Zeke and I'm Jay. You're listening to the Cinema Culture Podcast, episode 216. It's
1: a lot of episodes.
0: It's a lot of episodes. It's big and bold, much like the film of the week.
1: Oh, very good. I like it. Zeke, yes. do you have trivia for the film of the week?
0: I do. Uh, we're talking about R R R, triple R, yes.
1: um, which is an which Indian. It has
0: a few has a few
1: uh, meanings, doesn't it? Uh,
0: yes, yes, yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that in the. Uh, second half of the show, but mm. I'm going to go with the, the song that is nominated. Oh, yes. Uh, Natu, Oscar, Natu Natu. Natu which takes place about midway through the film. I think early
1: mid. A like. lot earlier than I was guessing because I've seen that, the actual like music video, which is just the same film. I've seen that so many times Yes, because it is a great song. Yeah. And I that felt like such a toward the end of the film song. Yes. But it's like, no, it's kind of like uh, late first act. Yeah. Mm. Could you believe it wasn't shot in India?
0: No, no. In fact, it was actually shot in the Ukraine at the Marinskil, Marinsky Morinsky. I'm going to say palace, oh. uh, which is the Ukraine presidential palace. Obviously, Ukraine very much in our minds you know, and the, hearts. In the news cycle in at Kiev, the moment, yeah. Um, a few months before the onset of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Wow. So, obviously, given the film's themes, yes. on sort of the oppression of the of the other. Um, that's sort of
1: kind of crazy to think about. They're all fitting in a, in a very unfortunate way. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, what about you? What have you got? Um, so mine, and I didn't know this watching the film. I only learnt, the, I learnt this very late into the film. That much like Amadeus, One Night in Miami, a lot of those kinds of films. Uh, these two figures are actually based on real life uh, revolutionaries. And this story is a what-if scenario where it's like, what if these two famous revolutionaries actually met and became friends and fought together? Which I thought was very interesting, especially because it is such a stylized film mm. and and they're portrayed as very... I mean, they're superheroes. Mm. Uh, and I said that five seconds into the film and I'm glad that the director has used that word many times as well. This is straight up a superhero movie. Um, so it was interesting to learn that, that this is like an interpretation of those figures of Raju and Bream... It has a different name in the earlier aspects of the film. Very interesting. But, Zeke. Yes. Would you put this film on your 1,100 films post you must watch before you die?
0: Um, I'm going to say yes. And the reason mm. I'm going to say yes is, you know, obviously we're, we're going to talk about sort of this film's, uh, would you quote it as maximism? Maxi- yes, yes. Maximalism. So, uh, and the
1: Baz Luhrmann of it all.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think for a film that obviously is kind of completely out of our film comfort zones, mm-hmm. um, and it's co- sort of from its cultural exploration aspects, it's sort of, well, owed to sort of the Bollywood world, or mm-hmm. the, um, you know, obviously the Indian cinema, it, I think it's very uh, very interesting um and i did say off 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 the air i think this film's like a hindi lame is um <laughs> and for multiple different reasons that's great yeah and i i think it's very um look you know it's a, it it's an odyssey and it's it a is, film yes. that though film. it takes a long time to get through it's a long film um there's definitely enough in it to justify watching it if, um, you know, and we'll talk about some of the limitations, I think, that came with the technical side, which have nothing okay. to do with the film itself. Okay. Um, But it, the way this film can be currently consumed, I do have gripes with. Mm. Um, yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking so about. So if we're talking Damn about the film, it, Netflix. Iso- the film in it. isolation, then yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely with you in the sense that the reason I would put it on my poster, and I'm I'm honestly not sure yet, because I mean the poster needs to be a healthy mix of great films, classic films, well made films, and films that are just important in terms of films, culture, and zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely go a few in terms of I think it's stylism is what would put it on the list, if anything else. Yeah. Um. As you know, as great as some of the as- aspects are with the story and whatnot, I mean, it's basically just the Departed, the, the Hindi version. <laughs> The part of me, Slamis, I like it. There you go. But I, I think the stylism alone is so fascinating and energetic, and it's just it's just such a joyride. Yeah. And I think that's why I think it probably would deserve to be on the poster. But we'll talk about it more in a moment. Zeke, have you been watching anything in this past week? Uh,
0: yeah. I started watching... Um, it's on Netflix, speaking of Netflix. I started watching mm. The Good Place, which... Oh. Um, I sort of was looking for another... I like to call them brain-dead... Sort of sitcoms, but um, I think its think
1: finale was the same day as the BoJack Horseman finale. I remember that being a big deal.
0: Yeah, um, obviously it's only had f- only has four seasons, and it's created mm. by Michael Schur. Um, yeah, it's quite it's very entertaining. Um, it's good. The good place. Yeah, I've really enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, I've almost at the end of season one. I've just blitzed through it. Nice. Um, very easy watch, very compelling. It sort of to me has that quirkiness of, um, honestly, and I'm not going to say this movie's a good movie, but the the quirkiness of the trailer that was Downsizing's trailer. Uh, which okay. Uh, kind of promised a weird and quirky <laughs> concept, but with a bit
1: of comedy, a bit of drama, and yep. all of that stuff, and not the film that we got. Is there... I don't know much about the good play. Is there, like, an afterlife element to yeah, the so show? Yeah,
0: so in the first opening scene, just to set the premise of the show, we have a main character... Who um, is played by Kristen Bell? um, Who basically is found, she's found out that she's dead. So, and what has happened is um, out of the billions of people that die, a select, very finite select people uh, get to go to the good place. Mm. And it's because their whole life they were collecting basically, uh, they were basically a stock market for good and evil decisions. Um and or good and bad decisions, which is why it's called the good and the bad place. And right. basically, she scored really highly and gets to go to the good place. Except, hit, hit halfway through the first episode, she was put there by accident. Um. She was an inherently good person.
1: Um, so what? What if the, the Chinese uh, social credit? score was incorrect that's what yeah it's honestly i I think like
0: i said like it has that (laughs) quirky concept that downsizing promised us mixed in with the my name is earl good karma sort of philosophical side to it and i think that there's a lot to like about the premise it's definitely engaging and and the characters are quite interesting they are yeah they kind of i'm trying to think of another film i i had it it's on the tip of my tongue but it sort of has these characters that and the show itself is presented quite clean. Um, it, like the characters are not in, like they're not evil characters. Sure, like they're not like BoJack, where they're trying to be good and they're really corrupt, crook people, or right. even Community um, or a lot of sitcoms. They are quite endearing and, and compelling characters. Mm. Um, kind of gives it, me Miracle Workers vibes. Well, that's the thing. First, first every time I mention it to people, they go, "Have you watched Miracle Workers?" And mm. I'm like, "Well, that sounds like the next show to watch." So they are very closely yeah.
1: linked. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, specifically the first season because it is more of an anthology. Yeah, um, the afterlife stuff. But yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, in preparation for Ted Lasso, which I reckon this might be the most anticipated Ooh. comedy show. It's a week away, fifteenth. Just of March. checking
1: my notes if I included it. Oh, you're right. It is the fifteenth. Um, yeah. close, but, but I I
0: don't think I've ever been so keen. To watch a season of television at least comedy television mm. for
1: so long i need to get on the more because obviously succession's about to wrap up season four's around the corner as well later this month yeah um and there's only one episode left of the last of us which is next monday so after that's done i need i need to start finding new stuff seek the television Parks and wreck, Parks I, and wreck. Parks and Rec. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff i got I mean, shit's creek down film. there on dvd
0: yeah i i've, I've Try, I'm almost finished season one of Shits Creek, but it's a much slower burn. That's over like nine months. I've watched. You know, oh, really? Yeah, it's been a most pick up drop off show.
1: Um, I remember on this podcast announcing I'm watching Malcolm in the Middle. It's happening, Zeke. I watched four episodes and and then one six months later, and then I still haven't got back. Yeah. to Yeah,
0: to be honest, and you know what I I have to say, yeah, because I think Ted Lasso this is the last season of that too.
1: I think, yeah. Did I hear that they're too only anymore?
0: doing three seasons, which I think. Okay. It's cool because it's so clearly it's a comedy. It's a story-driven show that has mm. comedy ele- comedy elements to it. Right. Honestly, it does walk parallels with BoJack. It doesn't get nearly as uh, depressing as BoJack right. does, but there are very depressing moments in the show.
1: There's a video essay I watched very recently about like when's the perfect time to end a TV show. I just want to find the name of that video, but it's basically talking about all the effort that showrunners go through from pitching their show during pilot season to actually getting it shot and cast, to actually getting the pilot to air, to getting the first season to air, to getting a second season renewed, yeah. and explaining, like, that is the reason why a lot of shows overstay their welcome, is because they, they finally am- amass uh, security in their jobs and a big crew and a family. And as much as it's great, and we respect shows that end when they should end, you know, if it even only three or four seasons mm-hmm. in. But no, it was a fascinating um, video that really sort of explore oh here we go it's just an observations video when should a TV show end it's very good very interesting video yeah. I might have to give that a watch but mm. yes
0: um, that's pretty much all I've caught in the last week not a, not a big week it was a big week obviously for other reasons so mm. Jake have you caught anything in the last week
1: I haven't watched anything in the last week but I did actually read a few chapters of a book I just bought oh, yeah. called Audienceology. so it's from Kevin Go Gutes, Gutes? Uh, who I think is a very um renowned organizer for test screenings for films so i saw this book um on the shelf and i was like you know what i'm really fascinated by like the whole ethos and history of test screening Mm. because there's a lot of films that have very drastic impactful story beats and moments that will almost entirely exist just because of test screenings and audiences that attended movies early I thought it was really fascinating. So I've read a few chapters of that, and it's a bit more of an autobiography of the guy's mm-hmm. life, but it does sort of weave into the history of, of test screening and how everything's changed, but not really, like in terms of the types of questions they ask and the actual yep. types of um, forms they give out and how quickly the, that information is digitized and delivered to producers and directors and, and how angry people get, <laughs> depending on that feedback, which is interesting. And it's funny, we talked about Titanic a few weeks ago and i think yes. we specifically mentioned that the surprise test screening where people were like cheering because they thought they were going to a different movie and surprises titanic and that that whole story is in the book as well with extra details because he was involved in that in organizing that test screening and flying away from la to do that that is pretty cool yeah there's a lot of really cool interesting tidbits in there and even just again old is new new is old where you know I, we see it a little bit now where it's like oh the sometimes people just get cast in Netflix shows because they're famous on TikTok and, um, you know, the Nepo Baby discussion sort of thing. And I didn't realise this book talks about how uh, Clark Gable was just, like, a cute boy as an extra in the background of a film. And because people specifically pointed out this boy in test screenings for this film, Mm. he ended up becoming the Clark Gable (laughs) that we know now. It's like, yeah, and that, that juxtaposed with the, I guess, the TikTok movement of, oh, look, famous... Influencers, let's get them in movies and get butts in cinemas. It's all a business, man. The whole it's all a business. So wild. I recommend the book. I think it's very interesting. I'm only a few chapters in, but I managed to catch that somehow amidst our career updates. Ooh, good segue. (laughs) (laughs) We wrapped skin and blister officially this week. I know we used the word wrap before, but and Zeke, I will say I was not expecting this tidy up weekend of filming, as we're calling it. Mm. To be as stressful, if not more stressful than the main shoot. Yes, <laughs> and I. Think, well, I would say I would mm. say
0: it's because most of the the money shots were in this last weekend.
1: That is true. Yeah, a lot of the more complicated stuff that's like one or two shots. Yeah, um, because without spoiling the story, a, a big, big, big chunk of the film takes place in one location, and then there's little bips and blops that are. Edited in there, or then then there's a unique opening shot, and this thing at the ending. So it's like, oh, a little clean-up, just a few shots, let's do it. And because when you put it in one weekend, you realise that is multiple locations, Mm. multiple scenarios, including with cars. (laughs) Yes. Um... And rain and all the usual effect. I think it turned out to be a lot more stressful than I was anticipating it being. Yes. For that reason. Because it was a lot of different kinds of things. It's not just one big three-night shoot at one location. Everyone knows where to go by day two. Mm-hmm. There's the momentum. And I think with this one, it was it was tougher because there was less momentum. It was... People were on call. So we had people coming in on random days. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a big family coming back every single night. So I think it made it really tricky. But... We did rap. We did rap. So that's good. We ticked the box. <laughs> Done. Oh, um, thank the Lords. It yeah. was stressful. It was so, but we did it. And in part, because of your excellent first aid Dean skills. League. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Cause um, I, we might still be on the first four shots of the night. If <laughs> it's, um, I like that.
0: It, I, I will admit you say it's a thankless job, but I did receive a thanks from you. So clearly it's not thankless. Um, oh, I'm glad I made it not thankless. <laughs> no, it's, um, look, it's a, it's a, it's a gig. It's a job. It's, yeah. it's like everything. And you know, I, I say it when I'm teaching, and I, and I say it like broadly speaking, you are all just cogs in a machine. Yeah. Some of the cogs are probably more flashy, and <laughs> um, definitely are bigger in terms of scope. Yes. But without, some move faster than others. Some move faster than others. Uh, Some prettier, but, you know, it's without one of those cogs in that machine, Mm. it starts to buckle and then, or overwork or or underwork, and then it starts to fall apart very quickly. And, you know, it was great to have the opportunity to step up and do that. Yeah. So it's, you know, obviously the first film that I've been a part of two years, Mm -hmm. Um, basically since I, I did my master's over the course of that. So... Um, it was good to get back in and and notice that well after kind of clearing a bit of the rust, I think um by day two or day three of the original three days, yeah, it was pretty. Everything was starting to move it was more a organically. Bit more of a grove, yeah, it is obviously it's a little intimidating. You're coming onto a set and you're telling people they can't do stuff, but they're the ones who have been on more sets and have more right sort of uh, street smarts <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, but everyone was very respectful and mm. I think the only person I argued with is you. <laughs>
1: uh, I, that probably sounds right. Uh, no, no um, and I will say this. It's like, yes, there were definitely times where we were butting heads and like it's tough because I'm coming from the place of you know spending all the time and money beforehand to, to write the list and it is ambitious and, and Blake says this as well. I'm very, like, not casual, but a little flippant about how long things take. You know, there was one shot in a car that took five hours to get. Yes, and I was hoping to merge it in with another five-hour shoot. And thank God, Blake convinced me that no, we have to do this on a whole other day because mm-hmm. it's just too complicated. We're not going to get this one shot. So I get that that's something I need to work on and realistic expectations of how long things take and shots take. But then that could but be yeah. Okay, sorry, but, no, but... no. but the thing I was going to say is with that in mind, I've seen specifically first ads and DOPs want to strangle each other. Mm. And with that being said, Blake was actually very happy with the way you were organising the set but through both weekends. He had nothing yeah, nothing but nice things to say.
0: Yeah, it ends up being well. It's, it, and it's it's such an interesting... You know, I think we talked about it with the first um, three days, but it's that triangle of, of everything. I mean, it's not even probably a triangle. It's probably more like an octagon. Got about, <laughs> by the time I remember, it gets to that comical point where it's like... You know, you're like, oh, is that person happy with it? That person's happy with it, and that yeah. person's happy with it. And then Jared's like, oh, hang on, I've got a script supervisor thing. And
1: you're like... That, that <laughs> did happen <laughs> the other night where, yep, happy, yep, happy, yep, moving on. All right, right, wait, 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 wait no, Jared has something to say. We yeah. need to do it again. And it's just funny because it's like everyone's
0: <laughs> just trying to do their jobs. But you're sitting there and you're looking, like, your job's to keep everyone on time. Yep. And that's not happening right now. And... You're then like, okay, well, i got to pick up the slack because you don't want people to stay there too long. Then it ends up either costing more or morale goes down or, or, you know, and then you got to start and find ways to cut corners pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, And thankfully, it wasn't like cutting into people's dinner breaks and
1: stuff like that. No, exactly. Actively avoided. That At the end of the day, there, there were many instances where we were maybe five to ten minutes late for a break or something like that, which I was very proud because I've been on sets that go hours and hours and hours over yeah. rap time, so and it, that sucks. So that that that's what you're trying to avoid is people being like, "This sucks. This is horrible. I want to go home. I was meant to finish four hours ago." Yeah, and you achieved that job. So and then, we got a film, and we and we have a film. <laughs> so, um.
0: There you go. Well, I I made the joke off the air, but it's probably going to end up being hopeful. I mean, you want it to be. You want mm. people to come and ask you, can you be a first AD? So it's not like... It's any excuse to get on a set. You should want to do it. Mm. You it's a be learning a part opportunity. Of, it's always a learning opportunity. Yeah. It's the first time I was like explicitly a first AD, just a first AD. Yes. Because um, I had been on two other films, but you're juggling to, multiple Well, yeah, I same. mean, because, yeah. yeah and, um, I mean, I'm okay with smirching on those because they were um, sort of not... They were sets that weren't as professional as the one we were just on. Hmm. Um, definitely didn't have nearly the same calibre of, of people. Yeah. Um, and the organisation was... Well, yeah, it was a mess. Um, and, I mean, full credit to you and Blake to, you know have to switch out with a first AD at the last minute and then on top of that, not having a producer, period. Right. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, obviously, you know, you can always look back and you always look back and reflect on some things. Oh, like, you know, next time I'm definitely going to get a producer because it would be nice right. to have that sort of pre-production fanfare and hype mm. train building and obviously <laughs> money. Yeah. <laughs> Source. Money's a big one. Um <laughs> And even having a first a d in there to have that more practical well not practical, but like the the sad realism of some things that yeah. are going to take a lot longer than what we want them to take because mm. everything takes longer um than you think it's going to take but so it is truly baffling that I think what out of five nights we got
1: the amount we wanted four times. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, I've I even said it to you. There was there was a shot that I felt was very crucial on the last day that we we had to cut because we just did not have time for it, and we were really exhausting our cast and the crew. And it's that for starters, that shot I have no regrets about. My I am actually mm-hmm. really completely totally fine with that. I can't say that about every shot that we cut. There's a couple. My like, oh god damn. But you know it is what it is, and I think. Finding that balance where everyone's happy with what's captured. Yeah and, and you got people like Jared there who are quite literally creating documents that spell out is there a film here? Yeah, you know, with the with the line markings and stuff that he does. But and then from a money standpoint as well, like my my philosophy was always stretch stretch myself super thin from the money department and mm. always make sure that you can literally pay things. But when it comes to, you know, do we need uh, you know a production design assistant in here or do we really need the first ad on this day or the the script supervisor on this day and it's always like if, if possible it's always good to just lean towards yes let's really try because like having having jared there on on this particular day where it's like oh we probably could save some money and cut him on that day we don't really need continuity there it can bite you in the ass easily and like the friday for example that was 7 p.m. to 12, six shots. On paper, sounds really easy. But Still if I to 12. exactly, and you know, if I sat there, I was like, oh well, you know, I could probably cut Zeke from this because you know, we're we're pretty self-manageable. Six six shots, that's easy. And thank God you were there because no, it was not anywhere near as easy as we thought it was yeah. going to be. So yeah. always, when possible, you know, oh, we can cut this role. We don't need this person this day. Really, really, really try your best yeah I think, to make that but happen. that's a
0: good i mean i think that's a good learning curve isn't mm. it because it's like you walk away and go oh well that was that was the right decision to make and you're gonna make mistakes on everything and you're yep. gonna have challenges and it's you know everything worked out really well um in the end and we we do have a you have a cohesive film mm-hmm. that's Very technically exciting. now in post-production which is it's wild fully think, in post-production now which
1: is pretty wild to think about it's funny because I remember telling you that I was going to share the um, Austin McConnell video that I made a film at Stunk before we started shooting as sort of a reminder people you know, before we go into this, remember this is hard. Everything we're doing is so hard making making films and making art and working together as a team mm. and it kind of feels so much more appropriate now for me to share that with people after we wrapped, after it's all done to remind us. I was like we just went through this journey. Yeah. And it it does feel like it's a still big, big the family.
0: only only video on his channel I like.
1: Really? Yeah, I've just Crazy. never been a big fan. I tried to watch
0: other stuff. I was like, "Oh, this was amazing. I'm going to watch another thing." I just didn't like it and I was like, clearly I, for uh, me, I mean, yeah. it's incredible that video. I
1: cry watching that video. Yeah. It's so personal. Yeah. Like I could see I could see a movie be made out of that story. Cuz yeah. it's so much deeper than just a guy in young 20s makes a film and it sucks it's so much deeper than that Mm -hmm. in terms of what the film means to him in his early 20s and there's a line he says where it's like well that film feels like looking at a photo of myself when I was 22 and I don't like looking at photos of me when I was 22 that it kills me man it's so it's very good it's so good very good yeah it's um but this this whole experience has been incredible so second
0: half of the year we'll probably Mm -hmm. see it yeah fingers Um, crossed at
1: some point Some local
0: festivals, hopefully. Which will be really cool. So you might hear more about that uh, as we move along, I think. Absolutely. Um, Obviously you can keep us in the loop with that stuff and maybe we'll
1: have some of your crewmates coming on. Yeah, that could be cool like throughout the next, well not the next several weeks, but several weeks I guess leading into its first screening or public screening, whatever. It could be cool to try and get Blake on, Jared, the girls, Danny and Bethany. Danny's already done an episode with us.
0: Yeah, and obviously speaking of of Danny, she's actually just put up yes, a good call. Um, her own Indiegogo campaign. Yeah, I'm going to get for- it. Playtime, isn't it? Is Playtime. Cool? So, um, if you want to support another local film, obviously working with Jed Cowper, which we both know. Yeah. Um, they're excited to announce a, well, a what is it called? It started from a simple what if question and um. Leads into a film, which is Danielle's first director uh, director gig.
1: Yeah, it's directorial kind of crazy debut. Crazy hearing that, but I'm thinking I'm like, that is true. That's her directorial debut. We we produced together the docu- second year doco, Dispelling Dyslexia. But that was that was a documentary she pitched, was lined up to direct herself, and actively decided, no, I don't want to direct. It. I'll produce it. But and anyway, so like just that alone, from going to there to acting editing especially and now directing mm. it's a great journey and we so, wish her the best
0: absolutely so if you want to support that film you go to playtime short film at indiegogo.com jake yes time for us to move into the film of the week mm. but jake what are we watching this week in going to show zeke
1: we're watching r r r not salsa not flamenco my brother do you know not to
0: what is natu? Polam gattu dummu lona potla gitta duki nattu Polera maja daralo pota rajugi nattu Kiru seppu nesukori karra samu zesi nattu Marrisattu dila lona kurra gumpu kudi nattu Yerra jonna rattay lona milar padukku garbi nattu Napata zoodu, napata zoodu, napata zoodu Natu, 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 natu Vila natu, 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 natu This nonsense! You two out! No, Jake, I've had enough of your bullying. Oh, oh, way! No! A fictional history of two legendary revolutionaries journey away from home before they begin fighting for their country in the 1920s.
1: A couple of lads. A couple of boys being boys. It's a bromance film for the
0: ages. Zeke, what is the value of a bullet? Uh, depending <laughs> on which part of the film you're in. <laughs> uh, six pounds uh, to uh, sterling and all kinds of in-between. Yeah.
1: It's rhetorical, but yes. I, I appreciate you answering anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, R, 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 I think triple R. Are we not allowed to say triple
1: R? I've never seen anyone call it triple R. It no, feels so much more natural, doesn't it? Yeah, than the R-R-R, shorthand. R- because the letter R, like it's such a hard letter yes. to like... Repeat It's kind of like running writing. It's a yes. hard one to connect in the running writing, you know. And I think we're both at the age where they kind of... Or cursive writing, I should say. They kind of eased that out of schools. I mean, I didn't. I didn't learn it. Is,
0: is the is there nothing it mm. like, or is this just like the tagline "rise, rule, revolt"? Is that sort of well, that's in
1: the film. Yeah, because I think the start of the film they have each R, which are respectively the R's in the words story, fire, and water. So obviously, story is like here's the um the establishing. Well, here's what's her name? I keep forgetting her name. Who gets kidnapped? Um, it's like Mila Mali Mali, Mila Mila Mali. I had it written down somewhere and I lost it, but it's like that establishment, and then of course the two different characters, fire and water, um, respectively. But you're right; when it comes up with a full title RRR, it is Rise, Roar, and Revolt. And I think there's something about the names as well, mm. uh, of the casting and the and the director's name, which I think they sort of was a code name that they sort of chipped away at. It's an interesting title because it's, like you said, I I don't think Triple R is the shorthand, even though it's very confusing. It Still makes sense. I'm gonna refer to it as that. the
0: film, so I don't get too tongue time. Um, yes, <laughs> this enough. film obviously you know comes from the brain of SS Rajamouli, mm-hmm. and um, it's an what odyssey, brain. isn't it? Um, it's a collection of, uh, you know, pretty much. Any Every essence of Hollywood meets Bollywood in this mm. sense, isn't it? Um, it's epic in proportion. It's a massive historical drama, something that we would see from a Spielberg mind, but then has those...
1: Has a flair. Has an absolute, <laughs> like you said,
0: that Baz Luhrmann maximalism, just going ham. Mm. Um, and... I'm going to start with my gripe so I can get it out the way. So, the reason what I addressed, why I said this should be included on the 1100 films, but needs to have adjustments. Netflix, you need to work out what's going on with how to watch this film. Yes. Because we both had a... struggled with it. I mean, we adapted. Yes. I settled for the English dub with the subtitles, just reading the subtitles. Mm. Um... After reading it was obviously a Hindi film I figured yeah. maybe if I put it on Hindi I'll get <laughs> the a better, a more natural experience yeah but obviously being a film that clearly covers a very wide range of India and how many dialects and languages that are contained with India I think someone told me there's 14 right um at some point in time and obviously east and west are like hugely different um and this is the east meeting the west clearly that doesn't sync up with just Hindi yeah
1: and i remember reading a thing about the director being very you know peed off about the ultimate hindi dub that ended up in the film because i had the exact same thought i watched two minutes i was like oh this doesn't feel natural i'm I'm guessing it's they automatically dubbed it in english so i'm going to change it to hindi and i was like oh this still feels like jarring in that sense Mm. i mean it's something you get used to eventually i mean you kind of have to i mean it's like watching squid game in english i guess yeah well, it's you, tend, like, it's to not just, the same you tend to just jo- yeah
0: i mean it's frustrating that not there's not a single version available on netflix that lines
1: up just gives
0: you the yeah. dialogue because it's is. such a
1: rhythmic film as well yeah like alongside that it's like you got even the, the protesters shaking the cage back and forth and obviously during Natu Natu, like, little intersections where the the guy's like, enough of this! And, like, the, the way they're, like, bouncing back is in this complete synchronicity. Mm. So it's a shame that, like, the actual audio dub and dialogue of the film is not rhythmic and yes. in sync like that. Yeah. It just threw me off. And, like, again, you get used to it. It kind of adds to the style of the film, in a sense. But the fact that the director was pissed off that it happened at all means, you're right, that's not... The way it was intended to have been seen.
0: It obviously it helps, given the style of cinema, where characters very much explain their subjective discourse mm. either through internal dialogue or like just vocalise how they're feeling. Yeah, it's such a emotive uh, language or even just an emotic writing style or mm. way of telling a story to the point where the songs in the background are
1: so Blake, literal
0: <laughs> literally tied to the story we're watching rather than just being a, a pop song that eh, implies the meanings that are occurring in the sure. film but actually can change the viewing experience in mm. completion um and obviously that's how western cinema tackles that whereas yes the music and this is Two friends that are rivals that are going to—I remember what, <laughs> that, in that bromance montage. It's a great montage, and it's, man. So, it's the most bromance of bro, It's almost—it's <laughs> honestly—it's comical
1: in how. Oh, it's—I think mean, it's meant to be hilarious. I don't know, know if it,
0: but I think that's the style. Is everything yeah. so overt? Like yeah. It almost feels like Hollywood of yesteryear is finally caught, <laughs> caught up to the like. Well, is still there in the Hindi mm-hmm. sort of. Sort of way of doing things, uh, comedic timings. In, I do admit there are some really good comedic timing moments that yeah. are actually just very more true, like what we now see. Whereas stuff like that, I almost felt like at times it felt like an SNL sketch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like so yeah, well, over the top. Not even so much a slapstick, but like the stuff that I found the period of the film that I found the most funny. Where I was actually laughing quite often is when the boys are working together to get with Jenny. Yes, and I, like there's a lot of great little moments there when he's like slipping the nails, and then the, there's the blocking there where she pulls the car over, and he's nodding and and shaking his head to the wrong questions, and like a lot of that, it's like it's cute and funny, and it's mm. meant to be because this is like the most innocent part of the film. Yeah, because it gets depressing. It, what... it, it like I said, it's an odyssey. It is a complete emotional journey yeah. that these two go on. Because um, I'm I looked at the poster and I saw the Natu Natu like scene music video. And I'm thinking that that period of of the film where it's two guys going on an adventure was the entire three hour odyssey no. when really you think about the story we just experienced, it's almost like a small little fraction of that odyssey
0: yeah and obviously the sort of the story flip flops and um you know we, we're sort of uh moving through multiple different stories like you said it is an an um, an odyssey in its um uh, trying to put these two sort of uh, characters, you know, Beam and Raju, mm. together. And I have to admit, every time you felt like, oh, one of these guys is the main character of this story, like, it felt like it was shifting, like, you oh, know, we start to see Raju's, like, origin story, then we go and see, you know, uh, Beam's uh Braveheart moment, where he's... <laughs> You know, he's taken literally the exact, the William Wallace torture public execution scene and he's added a musical number in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. It's just such an interesting, and you're right, it's like, this is kind of the Elvis film we really should have got. It would have been cool to see that, Mm. that Lerman which we don't really see. And, you know, we didn't really talk about it too much because, I mean, I'm not a huge Baz Luhrmann fan. No, I've seen very few of his films, yeah. And the maximalism style is just not really my cup of tea. And to be mm. honest, it's like in terms of foreign cinema, this would be pretty low on the pecking order for me. Right. Like, I mean, this time last year we're doing Drive My Car, and it's yeah, like
1: Which also has a forty minute prologue.
0: <laughs> and it was it's just as it's pretty much just as long. Yeah. But it's something about that sort of, you know, South Korean style or that even that area, you know, the Korean cinema and the J- Japanese cinema. Yeah. I just follow it's Korean, right? Drive my car. I think Drive My Car yes. is Japanese. Yeah. Oh Japanese, beg my Japanese, pardon, you're yeah. correct. Yeah. South Korean's parasite. Um but mm-hmm. that sort of style, I, I think it just it's a little bit closer and maybe more consumable for a Western audience, at least right. that more dramatized cinema. Whereas this was like so much. And to be honest, I had the same fatigue that I had when I was watching Hooper's Lame Is, where Interesting. It's just, okay. it just kept going. Um, and, you know, we've had a lot of films... I mean, this came year. out
1: very, very close to everything, everywhere, I was all gonna at once. Say, Keep that in mind, yeah. I was
0: going to say, we've, we've had quite a few films in the last year that have given a lot, like, they, you have to give a lot of energy to watch. Yeah. And I think it's such a tough thing to convey just audibly, but it's like, I mean, if you've watched everything, everywhere, all at once, the first thing when anyone says they've watched that film to me is... That film is exhausting. Yeah. Like, it's really good, but boy... And not, when not in ro- a bad
1: way. It is exhausting. Yeah. I mean, it can be if, if that is too much. Sure. It's like hiking a mountain.
0: Yeah. You're incredibly satisfied by the experience, but you're yeah. exhausted. Yeah. And... You know, it's like I always say, man. I was hunkering for that rock scene, like <laughs> when that rock scene <laughs> just, happened. Just a slow down, yeah. It was just the best moment of the film. for me. <laughs> It was getting to the top of the mountain, yeah, and taking it in, and then coming back down the mountain. Yeah,
1: oh, that's a great um, analog rather.
0: And whereas, and this film has so many different moving parts, and it has this uh, comically evil colonial empire that mm. are. Uh, the i mean the white people in this are just caricatures they are overtly Mm. evil there's no redeeming qualities for except um jennifer or jenny sorry yeah Yeah. um for jenny um uh, who is such a obvious like it's such a simple story isn't it Mm. and like like for me this film's merits lie in its just like like you said, it's a superhero film. Oh, He's, a million percent! And yeah. it has such polarizing figures, and really just has a really strong. And its scope is enough to watch it because you're just yeah. overwhelmed by how much effort and and some of the shots. You know, even though they're cheated, you you really get scale when. You know, we go from a uh, medium close up of someone to literally an, a oh, pull like a out huge, yeah, to the like, city, almost like a
1: drone pull out,
0: and you and yeah. you like oh, obviously it's cheated, but what they're trying to do there is they're trying to convey that just that sheer scope.
1: Yeah, well, of- like you even even like directors like David Fincher, when you look at, I think it is Fight Club where the, the, there's a lot of like completely impossible camera movements that are like going through the the apartment, and then this has a bunch as well when it's like doing this big track along the bridge. Mm. Uh, that then leads to the family underneath uh there was another one i mean th- there's tons of shots of like following bullets and arrows and again that maximalism but i think it works here because like you said there are so many caricatures in this film mm. and we're following these two over the top representations of of essentially superheroes and revolutionaries uh and then you got the british that like you said are just like evil caricatures the only character with I mean I think I mean the two leads both have a lot of depth but in terms of and again pointing it to the departed where so much of the intensity of the plot is not so much about um, you know the rescue mission or anything like that but these two friends who we know are authentic friends they care for each other they love for each other finding out about the ulterior motives and uh, you know you get your twist there of like oh you know Rajus actually he is a revolutionist he's not uh an officer, or this, his real goal was because of this, 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 and then misconstruing their own friendship. That's like where the tension comes from. It's like mm. I really don't want them to fight, yes, because I know deep down they're good friends and they have the same goals and they're just going about it differently. Which I guess is the fire and water element, yes, there in the RRR. But yeah, I think that's what really carries them is their relationship and and the depth that's there. So, I think that sort of trumps the other, like, super super villain antagonist, like, no depth to their characters, mm. pure evil. So And then Jenny on the side is just sort of more pure
0: and yeah. loving. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, it's so interesting because, obviously, there aren't a lot of actors that... I, I don't think there's any actors I really recognise going into sure. this film. And, obviously, it did interest me a lot of the... Uh, obviously, the Western characters, the ones who were playing a lot of the British colonials, mm. I was like... It interests me because it's like... The one of the questions that I had in my head was, oh, do these actors... are they Do they explicitly work in sort of Indian production, in the Bollywood sort of right. scene? Um,
1: because... It's hard to tell watching... because of the damn dub. Yeah. You would be able to tell, based on the dubs, who's like a clear native English speaker and who's such... And I mean, because you can speak different languages, but...
0: Yeah, but it's really interesting because I know... I've watched a couple of documentaries about, like, obviously western people going to japan right and same sort of thing it's that fascination with over there you're the the different the aspect so i just thought from a totally outside yeah. the film's confines But well, how, really...
1: how many films have that joke where there's an asian character being treated very stereotypically and then they turn around and like dude i'm from detroit yes it's like the karate kid does it the 2010 one. Um, the big short is a very similar joke about the math genius. <laughs> mm. Like that that's a constant joke, and I think I think that's something to do with our expectation of, of people living, you know, where they were born or where their nationality's from and moving yes. around. But yeah, it's do a good you hear pick up, especially because sing- nineteen twenties, yeah. Singing the song of angry men. Uh, <laughs> but I love not- the juxtaposition as well between again, you're you're setting up as two opposing sides. And you look at the film's opening where it's you've got um like the henna paintings and they're sinning and embracing each other, and that's juxtaposed obviously the uniformed uh hunters their gun slinging. they're obviously really you know the opposite of this artistic expression they're very militarized in that sense, and then you juxtapose that later where um I forget the dude's name, but he's just being blatantly racist when he when he um you know, trips Bream over during the dance, and he's like, "Well, you know, what do you know about art and music and and all of this stuff?" And it's like, "Apparently, a lot more than you do, <laughs> based on the opening scene." Yeah. So I like those parallels. Obviously, as well. there's
0: a massive, obviously, racial inequality is such a huge mm-hmm. part of this film, and and its uprising that occurs is is obviously huge. Obviously, the the, the commentaries on colonialism, like I said, the depiction of um the english sort of colonial was so binary in its nature yeah um uh, with the exception of jenny there i mean to the point where it's it's very clear that's the perspective we're really creating a good versus evil story here with that complex sort of twist of like you said two friends that are wanting the same thing but have massively different methodologies and that's contrast very early on when we see obviously beam capturing the tiger um, yes, and obviously feeling remorseful for it, obviously mm. coming from a much more smaller tribal community sort yeah. of perspective, whereas obviously Raju seeks um, a promotion amongst his ranks by taking on the Horde in a elongated <laughs> fighting sequence, which is at first laughable, but then weirdly um, draws you in. Mm. I think that's such an interesting part of this film is at first it's kind of, obviously it's comical in it's depiction if you're a Western audience viewer um, or someone who has very little experience with sort of, you know, Hindi, Hindu cinema um, or Indian cinema. Watching that sequence play out where this guy vaults over a, <laughs> a, a fence to take on a horde and then somehow manages to not only survive but accomplish the goal. And obviously, I think a big thing about particularly about what we see with India, is just how many people they are. Like mm. s- People, mass bodies, that's such a big part of this film. Um, well, I just, I just so, wonder
1: how hard it is for a producer to get that many extras on a, <laughs> on a set. Maybe not that hard in India, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, but just watching it sort of play out and obviously have this system, I mean, it really sets exactly what we're going to see with this film. Yeah. We're going to see these sensual moments with beautiful sort of cultural explorations and then we're going to see just superhero battles
1: well it's interesting because like we can talk about these superhero battles and and, you know the two elongated scenes that really Mm -hmm. showcase these two characters and introduce them, they're just big action set piece fight scenes but it is visual storytelling in the sense that instead of just labeling these characters as like badasses and you know super filled with super strength and all that they just kind of show it I'm mean, yeah, sure don't tell that whole that whole spiel but I love it because the way they portray that and like you said he takes on a whole horde and wins, he captures the one guy that was pointed out, grab him specifically which is such a like Oh, what are you going to do, you're going to go through and find that guy well he does <laughs> mm. and it showcases his obviously his strength, his determinus.
0: the most over the top rescue scene for one child <laughs> um, <laughs> Where they they both seemingly have this connection without really knowing each other. Yeah, how to coordinate a perfect mission? Um,
1: it's so great. It's just like, yeah, and, and like you said, it, 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 because of the superhero element, we just sort of not necessarily buy into it, but it, like we enjoy the ride because yeah, it the, is so silly, over the top. But of I really fun. do
0: think that's why that first scene where it's like get that arrest that man, that mm. arrest that man sequence. That's that's the show-you-the-door scene. Yeah. If you don't like that, don't stick around for the next 2 hours 40 because yeah. you're pretty much, at that point, in that first 20 minutes, if you're not buying in, it's a, like it's not for you, this film. Yeah. Um, but if you're willing to stick around... But I could say the same thing about Everything Everywhere all at once. Like,
1: Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I was talking to Damien very recently and he basically watched the first 10 20 minutes of everything everywhere and gave up. He was like, "No, nah, this is not for me." And I told him, I specifically said, "If you don't like it, you're pro- it's not going to get better for you." Yes. Like it's only going to get more chaotic and more intense. And he went back and watched it and he's like, "Oh, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I got to the end." I was shocked to hear that cuz like you said, show the door. What you see at the beginning is what you get for the entire film. Yeah. So I was shocked to hear that, but I agree. But do you think
0: that's the same here? Do you think that's the same rule? I think... I
1: I think being shocked, if that is the case, is the same rule. In the sense that, yeah, if you watch the first 20 minutes of this and you're exhausted, I would assume that you would be done.
0: Yeah. Because it's not like people dislike this film. Like, it's got 4.2... No, No, this is a beloved film. So you clearly have to buy in and you have to be like, okay, I'm going to accept this thing. Like, I'm going to accept, uh, like, the, you know, the Ratu, Ratu. Sorry, was it Ratu, Ratu? Uh, natu, Natu. Natu, Natu, beg my pardon. Um, then Like, that, well, that elongated clo- six-minute sequence yeah. of...
1: That's as close as you're going to get to a change in, in, or a shift in pacing mm. in this, because it is so lightning fast and so much does happen and it's all mm. very action-packed but that song is as much as from a production standpoint it's just as you know bombastic and intense and complicated as all the action scenes there's something about it that's so much like it's so much more fun mm-hmm. because there isn't like the threat of life and death it's actually you know it's the fight back against the the bully mentality of the british in mm-hmm. the scene and obviously the girls are all like you know joining in in the dancing which is obviously a lot more i guess rugged than mm-hmm. what the British are used to in their fa- in their fancy clothes in that scene, that is the closest we get to a, like a the rock scene in everything everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and I and I love it. I mean, it's great. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, obviously moving down the film, I think, um, you know, obviously like that shift happens when that massive we have we have that massive superhero, that Captain America yep. of Iron Man. Civil War fight fight scene sort of unfold. I do like your point with obviously there is a lot of visual storytelling at that point. Um, God, I have to have these names Even if also. it's beams super handed bad. his mm. spiritual necklace over, yes, to uh, Raju and and it saved him from a a poisonous snake bite. Yeah, which um, is another
1: juxtaposition between this whole expectation of like, oh well, the, you know, the British are the superior race and this and this and that. He literally says the English can't; they don't have a cure, but yet guess who does have a cure? So the film's constantly showing this juxtaposition and like mm. the culture clash that is this uh, pre-independent India, I suppose. Yeah, um, but, going, but going back to the fight scene,
0: yeah, and obviously using that in the, sort of to conclude that that fight, mm. and then of course we think that that's like that ultimate betrayal, but then it bridges into the Raju backstory. Of growing yes. up in a rural community, a so it's militarized... very
1: monochromatic as well. Like the colors, all kind of yeah, massively saturated. Yeah,
0: and obviously having that sort of origin story, which almost feels like this. I mean, this film feels like an anthology or a mm. collection of of, of it's a, little, a little episodic. Yeah, episodic.
1: For sure. It definitely feels like the best place for it. To, yes. Okay, and here's the thing that's going to recontextualize the narrative and these characters. Yeah. You definitely need it before the whipping scene. Because at that point, Raju is just possibly very unlikable. At that point, yeah, you kind of have to know what the real goal and, and motivation is.
0: Yeah, and even he—I mean, obviously the whipping scene—that's the—that's the rock bottom for both characters, but it's yes. also the, the turning point because obviously, um, you know, we see Raju's origins, how his father dies, and and um basically trains him to be the Wonder Kid. Um, yeah. and but <laughs> obviously point. implies, like you said. Obviously, not having the medicine side, so you've got the medicinal cultural side, and then obviously the militarisation side. So, if every Indian had a gun, Mm. this war they would be driven out long before. And obviously, then that's where Raju's motive comes in. He needs to become the special officer, which I find is such a funny, (laughs) funny special. (laughs) Yeah, just like (laughs) couldn't call him like colonel or something. I don't know, special officer. But I get it. It's so like meant to be obvious
1: Um, yeah it's like the most obvious way to be like here is rank here is higher rank that character wants yeah so must achieve this rank yeah just call him the master chief (laughs) um (laughs) but you're right the sense that like to to obtain and to distribute power you must play into the game that's been established by the hierarchy Yes, And like you said, there's the the, the militarization side of it climbing the ranks, but then there is the cultural side as well that Bream goes into. And not knowing much about the real history about these two real-life figures, I'm guessing that's where a lot of the coincidences came from and the origin of the story being... It's interesting how these two revolutionaries took very different roads Mm. to fight the same fight. I think that, that has to be the embryonic sort of... State of what became yeah, this film is absolutely. is that juxtaposition,
0: and I mean to be honest, there's a same very similar thesis and ideology, though not actual historical p- fiction. But that's what mm-hmm. *Lame* is about. Yeah, is like multiple people having different perspectives about the French Revolution. Yeah. So that really is just the you know obviously taking this creating this maximalist piece on two historical. Um, historical figures really is showing like this is a cultivation of what sort of this type of cinema can create yeah Um, i
1: have a few uh things i noticed little points to bring out speaking of that monochromatic sort of flashback scene i noticed the english soldier was dressed or but probably more of a general position i would say uh was in a very vibrant red and not quite the red dress in Schindler's List, but kind of reminded mm. me of that. Invoked me a little bit of that that visual. Uh, tell me if I'm reaching, Zeke. Tell me if I'm really reaching for this visual connection. Mm. Um, this idea of the, uh, the two giant gate doors uh, that separate, I guess, the palace from from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Into, I guess, in terms of segregation, but also, you know, the the two safety doors between the aircraft ship or the uh, the spaceship, and where the oxygen is uh is separated from outer mm. space with no oxygen. I don't know. I don't know. There's something there.
0: <laughs> probably.
1: I'm sure there is. I'm just. I feel like I'm reaching a little bit with there. Yeah. The, the other thing as well. Um. I probably should mention this earlier when you talked about the fight scene, but I love that the thing that that ignited their friendship, saving that little girl by both pulling on the same end of the the rope, which is going to dangle them off the bridge. That's the same thing that uh, leads to our midpoint um betrayal betrayal exactly is is them holding onto a rope together are just holding hands holding hands but then again to the maximalism where that their hands their arms turn into like this animatic where they turn to stone there's your basically your intermission <laughs> mm. in the film so again just like leaning into this hyper energetic style where it just if you can feel the effort that went into this film. And a lot of other films are very subtle with this kind of thing. Yeah. But I think a lot of the heart in this film and a lot of the passion just comes from that that energy. Where even though that's something that... I feel like everything feels a lot slower during Mm -hmm. production. And then, of course, in the edit, that's when you condense everything, make it all exciting and fresh. But it just feels like the energy was emitted throughout the entire filming process. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's what really makes me... Really appreciate this film. Do you have anything else to add? Um, No, I'm happy to jump into highlight scenes. What was your highlight scene? Um, We mentioned it slightly before. Mm Did I mention it again? It is the whipping scene. It's a good scene. And like I said, in terms of um, where it's placed in the story, in terms of your understanding of the character motivations at that point, uh, which adds depth, of course, to this idea that the person doing this horrible thing and, and inflicting all this pain, he is doing it uh begrudgingly he doesn't want to do it he's feeling horrible for doing it so it recontextualizes the scene but even the scene in itself even about it I mean the visual the sim- the the symbolicness and the visual like mm. are clearly Jesus on the cross symmetry that they they keep showing but a scene that is so horrible someone getting horribly ripped with this uh nail laced whip that kind of look it, when it's thrown in the air it looks like a snake yes I love all that the, that visual stuff but like you said, they turn it into a musical number. There's a way they deal with it. They keep the rhythm of the the whipping, where it's not it's horrible and it's sad, but still engrossing from that side. Where you got yeah. his performance, Bream's performance, where you can feel the hurt, but there's still enough passion and heart to keep keep singing. For example, yeah, I just I I was watching. I was like, I'm just really impressed by. The manipulation. Yeah, you're, you're really going capturing
0: on. that Hindi cinema mm. sort of that Bollywood esque Hindi cinema sort of in a bottle there.
1: Right. I like yeah. the aesthetic of it. Yeah. What was your highlight scene, like?
0: Uh I'm gonna go with look. I mean I could I could easily go with uh Natu because it's um, Oh my god. It? Yeah. Meds, it's, it's really so good. hard to not comment on it because mm. it's the it's the way it leads in, it almost has it has it feels Lerman esque in its um, and it's probably more accurate to say whatever Lerman does is probably derivative of, of Bollywood maximalism. Um,
1: so... Well, see, I refute that just in terms of the number of cuts. There's not yeah. as many cuts as a lot of the other scenes in this film during the Natu Natu yeah. sort of Son and dance number. But what I do love about that as well is, you know, especially when they're doing like these jigs into the camera and they're sort of not moonwalking but they they're doing these mo- motions with their legs it almost looks like superimposed. It's like when mm. pennywise the clown was doing his yeah. jig um i love that like there's something just off about the visuals that make it really interesting looking yeah where it's like it doesn't look like they just shot it and then put it in the film it's like it feels like they did something to the compositing mm. so there was some sort of there's and something about the visuals it's interesting
0: because it. it's the way that leads into that scene you know you've got um God, I've just got to have these names just ready to go, shouldn't I? Yeah, Bream and Raju. Brim, yeah, so you got obviously Bream coming into that, and he's there with Jenny, and and they're having a talk, and there's even that moment where he has the little happy feet moment where he like just <laughs> tickle. He just nods his feet to the beat. Yeah, and then obviously then that little bit of bully scene occurs um, with a character that's literally just in this sequence, and then we don't see them for the rest of the film um insert evil white person here um <laughs> evil british person. We love how
1: evil white people see.
0: but the way that it, it what i like about that scene even how it builds it's like it's not just obviously that it cuts to an african-american man who is mm. he's quite disgruntled at sort of the treating of uh, the mistreatment of uh, all of the indian people and then Seeming out of nowhere, like, Raju just comes in with a with a bin. No, it's a dish and just goes yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, so And we yeah. start to... And it just builds really nicely. And then this, the scene that unfolds is just insane. And actually, the bro scene of him piggybacking him at the end is pretty <laughs> funny, too. <so>. And even... <laughs> you know, oh, you're talking lad. about that powerful friendship. It's obviously at the end there, they're the last two standing and having Raju uh, take the... F- like, just fall because he just wants to... Let his friend impress a lady.
1: Yeah. No, that's really nice. I'm only just realizing our juxtaposition between him carrying him and, then, of course, later um, the two of them carrying each other with, with the two wheel guns in the final battle. Mm. I'm only just connecting that visual there of the two of them sort of on each other's backs. Um, it's a beautiful film about revolutionary friendship, bromance, yeah. lovers, and, maybe. Uh, the uh, apex of uh, a. <laughs>
0: One of those sort of like big time Hindi films. Mm. So it's really cool. To
1: I see. think it must be one of the most successful Hindi films or at least yeah. uh, released internationally. And I think it was also the most expensive. It was it's roughly f- about 75 million
0: USD budget. It's the first Hindi film to break 100 million since
1: COVID. Oh,
0: so there you go. That's pretty cool. Deservingly so I reckon. So RRR is currently out on Netflix. Very fix your uh, Fix your problem Netflix. Just run it normally. <laughs> Speaking of Netflix, though, Jake, what's new to streaming platforms and cinemas this week?
1: Well, a notification came up on my phone already about this. Coming to Netflix is a documentary about the missing, missing Malaysian flight called MH370, The Plane That Disappeared. Mm-hmm. you also got a film called Lufa, The Fallen Sun, which sees Idris Elba as a brilliant but disgraced detective tracking down a serial killer in London. Uh, coming to binge, you got Bullet Train, the Brad Pitt film, and nope, which we've reviewed not too long ago, that actually also does come to Netflix. So oh. best of both worlds, right there. And coming to cinema, Zeke, Th- this is a crazy week. I didn't realize all these were coming out this week. You got Scream Six, which sees four survivors of the ghost town murders, a uh, ghost face murders, excuse me, leave Woodsboro behind for a fresh start in New York City. You a fan of? Um, never seen Scream. You never seen any of Screams? Yeah, it's got to be. I
0: reckon. That's
1: right, because we did Wes Craven, Director's Corner. But you yeah. didn't quite catch it, eh?
0: No, I never got around to it, unfortunately. It's yeah. it's always been on the list. It's sort of like one of those films you've really got to watch at some point. But there's just so much to watch, isn't there?
1: There's a lot. I think it's especially important with Wes Craven's career because it is. it almost feels like he started parodying and making fun of the genre or the subgenre of slasher horror that he himself helmed. And I know there's a whole, like, there's a mystery element to this film. of Like, who is Ghostface this time? Which I think is interesting, because I don't think a lot of people... like Michael Myers is Michael Myers. David Arquette. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dewey, isn't it? Oh, uh, we love it. 65 stars Adam Driver. is an astronaut as he crash lands on a mysterious planet. What is going on with Adam Driver?
0: What do you mean? What's he doing? What's this film? He just did 65. Yeah, I know. He's but an astronaut.
1: Like, he's shooting
0: dinosaurs and stuff.
1: Yeah. I'm getting busy, is mate. It like
0: Arty or something. <laughs> like is it like?
1: I feel like there's a caliber of actor. I feel like, like White Noise goes and sense. does.
0: Yeah, White Noise. We finally
1: mentioned White Noise after a few weeks of not mentioning White Noise. I know we suck.
0: You know what I mean? Like he just doesn't. To me, it's like certain. I mean, what do I know? I mean, Idris Elba. Like Idris Elba, mm. he would be in sixty-five. Yeah. Like Chris Pratt would be in like, Adam Driver, but I guess he was I think in it's Star Wars, to be fair, so... Yeah, no, I think it's
1: interesting he's doing a role like that. But it's just, like, so uninteresting. The concept? Well, like... Yeah, I don't know Yeah, don't the understand. film itself. I like I, It's interesting he's doing it, but I just can't be bothered to watch and the film.
0: It, what's so interesting about a film like that, right, mm. is, like, that's the kind of film when you and I were, like, 11, 12. Sure. Go into the cinema with a couple of mates. We'd go watch a film like that.
1: It's like, Kylo Ren. Let's go watch it. Yeah,
0: it's like one of those films. That it's, mm. It feels, but kids don't do that anymore. You know,
1: we have do to fend them it? off. We have to fend them off in Nope. And, and, <laughs> you know, we have to fend them off in films that might actually have a bit of substance to them. Uh, smile. Yeah, they pretty much only watch horror films now. Yeah, teens, I guess. Yeah, it's my understanding of it. I don't know. Yeah, and look, I can't say I'm overly excited about sixty-five. Yep. At plus four, maybe. Maybe mm. I would be excited then. Living. Stars Bill Nye in his Oscar-nominated performance for this film. Very interesting. As a humorless civil servant who decides to take off work after a grim diagnosis. I think this is a period piece as well. So, yeah. Because I've been hearing about this. like He's up for the Oscar for Living Best Actor. I'm like, what the hell is Living? So, there you go. That's what it is. It's coming out this week. Champions sees Woody Harrelson as a former minor league basketball coach who was court-ordered to manage a team with intellectual a team. Oh yeah, yeah. A team with intellectual disability. Does that grammatically makes sense? And he soon discovers that they can go further than he ever imagined. That that is a risque. Mm. That's a risque film to do. Indeed. You could. You could. <laughs> you can really sear it up if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly could. Oh God. Till is based on the true story of Mame Till Mobley and her relentless pursuit of justice after a 14 year old son is brutally lynched in 1955 Mississippi I think this it's was fun. another one yeah no, it sounds like a great fun time with the whole family that was another one I think she was potentially up for um the Oscar and I don't think she oh it might have been like a Critics Choice thing or maybe even the BAF I think it was the BAFTA it was the BAFTA and finally Angela Rose uh, Roseborough's to Leslie goes wide this week after a little bit of preview Michael Morris's film Oh. I, I do want to catch this. I doubt I'm going to catch it before the Oscar. She's definitely not going to win for it. There's too much drama. Oh,
0: I just texted Lou about the uh, Bill Nae oh. film. Because I'm like, Bill Nae and he's got nominated for an Oscar. So Oh, there you go. That'd she be- loves him. So that might be a film I go watch. Oh, there you go. It's got terrible times. If he have won. You seen the Times?
1: It's like... Oh, really? Yeah,
0: it's like four. In the, it's either midday or four in the afternoon. So I have to go yeah. on a Saturday. But... Oh, well. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. But it's nice. I kind of like when they
1: have a night screening, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's good every now and then. I think... I don't know.
0: Yeah, imagine if he won.
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, just imagine a world where he wins. I think... You know what? The, the whole award season, it's just completely flipped. Because it got to the point where I was like, Okay, Kate C- Blanchett's going to win for Best Actress. And then Michelle Yeoh just crushes it. I mean, it started with the SAGs, but it just kept going. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis won the SAG yeah over Carrie Condon Angela Bassett we're like what crazy everything, everything all at once it's it's a weird film to have like what feels like a late surge yeah for a film that came out a year ago yeah I know so it's weird. weird Parasite like I said it makes sense because like that kind of just grew and grew and grew everything mm. everywhere like dropped like a bomb and everyone was like holy crap and then it disappeared for a few months and then it needed to come back for Oscar season yeah. interesting how that's I mean hey this time next week we're going to know the results We're going to know all the Oscar results. But, Zeke, there's one film nominated for many Oscars I cannot wait to talk about in the show with you. And it just so happens to come to Disney Plus this week. Can you believe it? Can you believe it, Zeke? But, Jake, what are we watching? Next week in the show, Zeke, we're watching The Banshees of Inner Now, if I've done something to you, just
0: tell me what I've done to you. But you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more
1: liked me yesterday why does he not want to be friends with you no more why is he 12 what the hell's going on with you and me feckin' brother he's
0: dull, Siobhan
1: but he's always been dull.
0: the other night two hours you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day
1: well it wasn't me little donkey shite it was me pony shite which shows how much you were listening two lifelong friends find themselves in an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship Man, McDonough. Martin you s- son of a gun we love you. so you gotta watch In Bruges
0: this week I've, se- I've seen In Bruges oh you've you seen it but okay. I
1: might rewatch it this week Okay, because it's a very very much a a, re- a freeway reunion
0: yes yeah Colin Farrell so, Brendan Gleeson I've only really just watched In Bruges yeah obviously very recently. when you went and saw Banshees of in the yeah. cinema so I haven't seen Banshees yet so another one off my Oscars
1: hot list mm. so we'll uh, it's so good dude I cannot wait to talk about it. Yeah, so yeah.
0: we'll see. Well, but this time next week, we'll know what how it's won
1: or how yeah. it's done. I I hope it. Oh God, I don't, I don't even know why. I mean, I want Kerry Condon to win for Best Actress. Mm. I would love to see that happen. But maybe screenplay as well. Maybe, please, please.
0: Well, until then, thank you for joining us for the Cinema Show Podcast. I was Zeke. I was
1: Jay. Catch you next week with
0: Martin McDonough's Banshees of Inner Sheeran.